Well, it's not beautiful Washington, D.C., but we're back with a brand new episode of Live at 605 coming to you from beautiful downtown Toronto. We are back. And we had so much fun with what I was going to call the award winner, but we don't call you that anymore. It's once again welcomed by the lovely creative manager herself, Val Gomez. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How you doing? Good. We had a really good day today. We did, yeah. Do you want to tell everybody what happened today? Um, so, upon our return from Washington, D.C., I was talking to my brothers, and he said, um, my brother Brandon was like, we really want to try and bring um, our nephew, his son, Benjamin, downtown for his first time ever. He's about 10 months old. So, I was like, this is amazing, and we yeah. tr- we tried to baby-proof the house. We bought him a bunch of stuff. You did a good job with that. I think so, and then it was his first time in the city, but he came downtown this morning. Yeah. And it's really cool to watch a 10-month-old take in all the sights around Young Street. <laughs> so yeah, he did a really good job. I think he was really good, and we took him to France just He's to eat some stuff. braver than I was the first time I came downtown. <laughs> I was probably like 18 years old. I was just like, oh, my God, look at all the people out here. <laughs> I think the first time my parents came downtown, they were 50. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Starting him young, then. Exactly. No, he did really good. He, was, he didn't cry or whine. Right? Mm. He's always been a good kid. He always... Mm. Just likes to laugh and play and slap you in the face. And he's just starting to crawl, like fiercely crawl, mm-hmm. like almost starting to run now, I guess. But um, I feel like our apartment's a really good training center for that because you can only go really like one way. <laughs> There's no stairs. You can't get lost in here. Yeah. You know, that's why Club 605 is so fantastic. You can do podcasts. You can bring newborn babies here. Yeah. Or you can just relax and watch TV. We Breaking like Bad, it. which starts tomorrow, the brand new season. We love it. Although when you listen to this, this will debut the day after Breaking Bad. So, wow, what a crazy episode Breaking My Bad My God, was. I can't believe all that stuff happened. Yeah, I can't believe that thing happened to that guy and then that other person did that thing. Oh, my God. And that guy showed up? Oh, my God. That was crazy. Crazy. But before we get too involved, we have to throw out, throw out all the uh, info for people who love the podcast and want to get in touch with us. I feel like a broken record, but there's sometimes new listeners every week. So let me just say, if you want to get in contact, you can follow me on Twitter and I'll follow you back. Just search at Malincamp and you can tweet me about what you like about the show and what you hate. You can like us on Facebook. You always say, just go to Facebook and you can get (laughs) all the info from there. So just search live at 605 or facebook.com slash live at 605 pictures, posts, stories, anything we've talked about on the podcast goes on Facebook and then just go to the about section. You can see the Twitter accounts and all that. You can email me live at 605 at gmail.com to send in your questions, comments, and concerns. A lot of people actually emailed Facebook and tweeted for today's episode. So we'll get into that in a second. And if you don't have iTunes, you can always listen to the show by going to Podomatic, which is where another place I post the show. So just go to www.live at 605 com, and that's the many ways to get in touch with us here so if a lot of people wrote in what is the topic for this podcast well i'll give them the topic and then i gotta read the sponsor okay so the topic this week it's a bit of a mismatch mix match mix master mike what am i saying <laughs> mitch matt i can't even speak today <laughs> basically everyone really it's a liked, combo it's a combo show everybody really liked our episode where we did like the 10 questions for Val and John, where we wrote mm-hmm. each other random questions, put them in a hat, and we had to answer them. Mm-hmm. So I put this on Facebook and Twitter. I said, if anybody has questions, email me, tweet me, or Facebook, and I'll just 
re- will randomly read them on the podcast. So I did my best to try and not read them as people sent them. I just tried to like compile s- them, compile them, print them, cut them up, and put them into the famous fedora where we put everything from that first episode. Okay. So we are going to be taking these are all random questions people wrote us. We didn't write any of the questions mm-hmm. this week. So we'll be doing that, but then you also had a fun idea. Yeah, just coming off of our Washington trip, I don't know if we can tell the backstory of one of the big headlines that happened while we were there. Yeah. Um. So I was thinking if we tell the story, then our next thread for this week's podcast could be like other crazy headlines, mm-hmm. but just take it from a little bit more funnier of a standpoint and tell some funny headlines and debate those as a what would you do Definitely. scenario um, from around the world. Okay, cool. Well, let's do – we'll read the sponsorship. Mm-hmm. We'll pull a question out of the hat. And we'll do – we'll go back and forth. We'll yeah, do a yeah. question out of the hat, and then we'll do uh, your headlines. But you'll tell everybody what the story from our Washington was before right. we do the first question. Point so we've got to get the sponsorship because people get antsy when they sponsor the show if we don't read it in the first like, sure. five, ten minutes because – They want their time. They want their time. So let me just read out the first sponsor. So this week's sponsor of Live at 605 – it's sponsored by the old guy under the bridge. I hate that you walk <laughs> under the bridge. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes I do my best uh, to not tell you stories when things happen because I want to save them for the podcast and just Which see your reaction. Which terrifies me. Oh, my gosh. And I can only anticipate what no, this, this one is. This one wasn't bad. This one was more just funny. So he I'd mugged walk- you. No, he didn't mug me. Although <laughs> He took you in. It looked like one of us. It looked like either one of us were going to throw down. So basically what Uh happened was I was walking home from work, Mm -hmm. and everyone knows I like to walk. I don't like walking in crowded areas with a lot of people just because it's like – my thing is if you've lived in like downtown Toronto for more than six months, there's no reason for you to walk down Yonge Street Mm because you've already seen everything. So stop walking down (laughs) Yonge Street. That's why I like to walk down Bay Street. I like to walk down emptier streets. So I was walking home from work, and I usually walk under the gardener because there's a lot less people except for like – Sometimes random hobos. Yeah. A lot of times it's just people on bikes who piss me off because they're like, there's a there's a walk section and a bike section. They bike in the walk yeah. section. So I just kind of like shake my fist. Okay. I was walking home this week and there was this guy who was walking towards me and I was walking towards him. We were a good 20, 20 feet away from each other. This is like a showdown in the wild, wild west. Exactly. This guy reminded me of the guy with the dog who I had the sass. <laughs> the hey. What's your dog guy? <laughs> Which, oddly enough, I don't want to get too off track, but apparently that's my new catchphrase. Is everybody yeah, everyone's says it to telling me. you. Too. They like that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there's an episode I did where I sassed a man and his dog, and it was like three episodes back, so go listen to it. <laughs> but that man who I sassed, I, th- I remember saying like he looked like a rough character. Okay. So this guy walking towards me, and like I said, walking under the, the gardener sometimes. You mm-hmm. okay there? Yeah. <laughs> Had to readjust. <laughs> Uh, it's okay. I'm a guy. I'm, I'm all about readjusting. <laughs> there was this guy walking towards me, and he looked a little bit rough, but I didn't know if he was a hobo or just like an old dude. This is exactly the same way you're describing the hobo dog. True, but this guy, bas- <laughs> basically, this was the thing about this guy. He had like nice khaki shorts. Okay. He was at least 50 years old up. He had gray hair. Okay. And he had a beard, but it was just like an all stubble beard, so you know. So it was more like a silver fox. Yeah, but the thing is... Someone like some young stud could just have like stubble beard. Be like, okay, he's got the cool stubble. This guy looked like an unkempt, like he just looked like a hobo with like stubble. But then I was like, okay. well, he has nice shorts. But then he had he had a, a golf shirt. But it was one of those ones that was just like too big for him. And like maybe he lost a lot of weight and haven't bought clothes yet. 
True. So this is where it gets interesting. So I'm just trying to assess the situation. Okay. And like Only I, you. <laughs> like I said on episode two of season two when Ashley was here, my life tip was if you see someone uh, strange walking towards you, put your hand in a fist so they know that you're ready to throw down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was uh, I was like, okay, either way, even if this guy is a hobo, he's, mm-hmm. he's too old to do anything. So like, I'm, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> So I'm walking towards him, and I have my iPhone in my pocket. I'm listening to music. Yeah. But I'm putting my hand in my pocket to, like, change the song or, like, adjust the volume. Okay. And as I do this, we're now about 10 feet apart. I see him take his hand, and he, like, puts it into his pocket as if he was about to, like, get something out. Can you not walk under bridges? Well, no, here's the thing. So this is what I I found kind of funny. Yeah. He was on bath salts and could shoot you. No, I wasn't worried about that. I was more like (laughs) – I was more like, does this guy think I'm a threat and I'm getting ready to pull something out of my pocket and like shank him? Or... What were you wearing? I was wearing... Maybe he's like, why is this man in 2013 wearing such tight clothing? Well, the thing was, I was wearing almost the exact same outfit as him. Khaki shorts and like a golf shirt. But mine was like more fitted. So it wasn't like what? stretched. Okay. Maybe so... he wanted to steal you for your tight clothing. Maybe. But I walked... So we... Anyways... I, I was just like – I just didn't know if he thought I was going to do something. And then I'm like, wait a second. Is he going to pull something out of his pocket? So I kept my hand in my pocket to be like, if you're going to mess with me, I'll mess with <gasps> you. Yeah. Maybe he listened to your podcast and then he knew your life tip. There you go. Maybe, maybe I'm affecting people. I don't even know it. There's so many people who download in Toronto uh, as apparently I have one of the more popular podcasts in Toronto on Podomatic, which is pretty cool. So thanks to everyone who's helped out with that. But the moral of the story is – we walked by each other, five feet, four, three, two feet past each other, and he was just like taking his keys out of his pocket, and I was just adjusting the volume in my headphones. Oh. So nothing really happened, but it was just Why like, is he taking his keys out under the bridge? Maybe he was going to shank me. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> but anyways, this week's episode is sponsored by the old guy under the bridge. So thank you for not shanking me and sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, until you stop walking through that weird parking lot to work. I'm going to keep walking under that bridge. Mister. <laughs> Should we do what everyone seems to like and pull a question out of the hat? But of course. Should you or I? This you is... should pull it out because if I'm reading the headlines. Okay. And let's see. It's I... funny right now because it's so sunny in downtown Toronto. It's about 6 p.m. on the Saturday and we're getting ready to go to the Wiz Khalifa and ASAP Rocky it's gonna concert. It's two-part podcast we're going to have to take a break in between. Go, <laughs> go to, the to the concert and, and then back. come back. Mm-hmm. But it's so sunny right now, I actually can't see you. Oh, really? <laughs> Just the outline of you. No, because you're sitting in front so of the window. <laughs> yeah, it's so bright. I feel like I should wear my sunglasses inside. <laughs> Maybe. Should we do this? Yeah. Okay, question number one. Mm-hmm. Here we go. This comes from Andy in Chicago. Hello, Andy. Hello, Andy. Maybe it was over the week of Lollapalooza. Ooh, maybe our friend Jason was just there, and he got to see the awesome band of the week, St. Lucia, Ooh. who we all love very much. And they have their debut album coming out in October, and he's going to be a band of the week again once that album comes out. Nice. So, Andy in Chicago, his question is, and this is question number eight, he says... You'll be surprised to know blank about me. So clearly he liked all of our blank questions. Ah. You'll be surprised to know blank about me. Um, you go first. You'll be surprised to know that we'll be going to see ASAP Rocky and Wiz Khalifa tonight <laughs> about both of us maybe. Uh, but you'll be su- what would you be surprised to know about me? Maybe even we'll do a throwback. I don't think I ever tell people I have my black belt. I was just thinking that I technically – I got my – I did karate when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I, it was awesome. Like, my parents got me into a lot of sports, and 
activity. So I used to play baseball. I did a little bit of soccer. Mm -hmm. But the the big thing that got me, my two big things were baseball and karate. Mm -hmm. And karate was like a great, I think it actually helped me a lot in just like the discipline and hard work ethic that I have today. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was working with uh, everyone who I work with now, I applied for this job or like I had to submit a resume for something. It was with my two managers, Sandy and Viv. Mm -hmm. And this was still at the time when one of my notes on my resume was like black belt and karate. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, why do you have this? This isn't like, um, you know, you don't need to write this down there. But I'm like, oh, no, it's important to show you that I have the discipline and hard work and tenacity to follow through with things, right? Right. So, uh, yeah. And the other thing you might not know about me is when I was in my prime of karate, I could almost do the splits. Like my... (laughs) <laughs> balls were do- two inches from the ground. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you do any impressive moves now? Uh, I can do the very first. Uh, when you do karate, I forget. I think they're called katra, katra, whatever. Mm-hmm. You learn a bunch of different like sequence of, of moves. Okay. And I can still remember the first one to this day. So maybe we'll. Is that it- the one your mom showed me in the basement? Yeah. So maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll do a video and we'll post it sometime down the road. You should vine it. But the good thing. I should vine it. Actually, maybe I will. Uh, the good thing is. I still, when I exercise here at home, I do the same workout I do from karate, mm-hmm. like the same sit-ups, push-ups. And there was, we used to do competitions. And another thing about me in the karate was I was on the tournament team. Mm-hmm. So they selected like the best of the best and you would go travel. And maybe I did talk about this because that's when me and my dad, or my dad and I, for better grammar, I guess, yeah. we would drive to Montreal, Toronto, uh, London for karate tournaments because I was on the team. So we did tournaments every single month. Mm-hmm. But during these like uh, workout and training sessions, we would do competitions. And there's one day where I finished, I think, I don't know if I finished first, but I finished in the top three for like most push-ups in a row, most sit-ups, most ju- uh, burpees. <laughs> I remember like my record for most push-ups were like over 300. Most like sit-ups were well over 500. That's crazy. Because you do this every single day and, and whatever. It's worth noting that um, John doesn't work out this much in real life, but you did for your Halloween costume last year. Yeah. You were doing the exact same reps every I, day. I was. I'll post this picture when I was Justin Hawkins with Darkness fame for Halloween, and I wore a, a uh, onesie, a onesie which showed my whole upper body. And then Circa when I, Freddie Mercury styles Freddie Mercury. from Queen. So I just wanted to get into better shape if I was going to be walking around half naked. Then <laughs> we got to the club, and I just took my straps off, and I was just <laughs> ready to go. And his only rule was to like me and our other closest friends. He's like, don't let me take my straps off. Yeah. I don't want to be like half naked in the club. Ten seconds into the thing, John is fully on stage, <laughs> strapless, <laughs> tattoos everywhere. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Um... Oh, I guess something um, most people don't know about me is that I have fake front teeth. Oh, I thought you were say I have fake friends. I was like, what? Nice. All my friends are <laughs> fake. <laughs> it's a very clever facade we have going. Um, no, I broke my front teeth um, playing ghetto hockey in grade three in elementary school. I was in Miss Borg's class. Borg. Borg. And then um, <laughs> my uh, my. We were playing ghetto hockey, so just on like ice. What is ice. ghetto hockey? So ghetto hockey is um, in our field at our elementary school. There's like a lot of like dips and stuff like that. So in the winter, ice would form. And so a bunch of me and like our friends would just play like essentially like stick ball, I guess, outside. Like we're just regular like street hockey. Are you but on in the Bronx in the 1920s? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, you. Um, so anyway, now I feel bad. You should no. feel bad. I broke my teeth. And so, um, clearly they were my adult teeth and my foot got stuck in like one of those ice pocket 
things that like it just wasn't What's properly. What's with you and your foot getting? I don't injured? know. Actually, now that I think about it, maybe I am just the most ungraceful person <laughs> ever. Um. So yeah, my foot got stuck, and I felt face first into the ice, oh. and I was like bleeding profusely. Like I knocked out to my tea, mm-hmm. and then um. I obviously like my teacher and the school called my dad and my dad picked me up and we had to go to the dentist. But the weird thing was, was that, so they filled it in and they gave me, I guess it's called a crown, Mm -hmm. um, new ones. But then like, it was only supposed to be good for like eight years or something like that before it starts. Um, the color on it is like, starts changing and stuff like that, which sounds brutally disgusting. Um, but then you obviously forget about that. The fact that your tooth is going to fall out Mm -hmm. eight years from that, um, hurt day. (laughs) So then in high school, (laughs) I was hanging with Miranda from another podcast game from season two and like, um, two other of my friends, Dre and Diane, and we were in the park and I remember eating an apple and I'm like, (laughs) ah, my teeth (laughs) in the apple. And so I went home again and this time I called my mom and I was like, oh my God. Right. And so she's like, don't worry. Just like slot it back in till we can go to the dentist because it's the weekend. And at that time, the dust, the dentist wasn't open on the weekend. So me, Brandon and my mom were eating breakfast or lunch or something at the dinner table because my dad was away and ended up like eating something and then my teeth came out again and Brandon and my mom were just so disgusted. So I just felt like such an outcast that weekend. But now I have proper teeth again. Okay, I was gonna say, do what can I expect in the next eight years for your tooth to fall out or I actually don't know. These are all good things to think about and to ask said dentist when I go get my regular cleaning done. You know what? You you have a dentist coming up. I have a dentist appointment on Friday too. Balls. Oh, oh, I haven't booked mine. Oh, you should come to my place. Probably. Now we're just speaking about what we have to do next week. I know. This isn't par- <laughs> proper podcast <laughs> talk. But it's well, another thing we can say people might not know about us. Mm-hmm. I have 28 years cavity free. I've never had a cavity, and you've beat me on this. 29 years cavity free. What, what? What, what? Okay, Missy. So tell everyone about us coming home from Washington. Okay, so. um. We were in Washington last week, if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, and we did, we just told stories about us wandering around there. You and almost I, broke your ankle falling off a bike. <laughs> some loud, sassy black woman in sat behind us. In a hole in Arlington Cemetery. I'm not like a coffin hole, but that <laughs> just sounds creepy now. Um, but either way, we were just telling stories of how we'd been there a bunch of times. And I would say that whenever I flew into D.C., they have two airports. Um, Ronald Reagan and Dulles, which we call Dooley's. <laughs> um, and I've always flown out of Ronald Reagan. So this was the first time I flew out of Dulles Dooley's. and I was, was going to be completely biased because I was like, so easy flying out of Ronald Reagan. I do this so quickly. It's like the Fisher Price of airports. It's tiny <laughs> and yellow and makes me happy. Yeah. So we get to Dulles, which was like the most expensive car fare or taxi fare yes. ever. And we had no idea what was going on in the city. So we get to the airport, we go to the customary, um, get the boarding pass, then we walk like to the security check. Mm-hmm. And you and I were saying we had we checked out of the um, hotel at 11. Mm-hmm. We were going to eat breakfast. We decided not to. We'd go to the airport because our flight was at 1.30. 1.30, yeah. So we're like, okay, two, hour, two and a half hours should be sufficient amount of time to like clear uh, customs. Yeah, I guess for sure. And security. We get to the airport, we go get our boarding pass, which took a while because there was a lot of people because um, we were flying Porter and they only have one desk there. Go to security and it is the world's longest lineup. It is beyond fathoming 
how many people are standing here. Mm -hmm. There are two checkpoints and this like elderly old like sod of a man just like pulling up those expandable gate things to like try and direct the traffic. (laughs) And we were like, oh my gosh, there's this is not moving. We're going to miss our flight. We're going to be stuck in this airport forever. What we didn't realize was that I guess now that it is common knowledge because it's been in the news all this week was it was the day that they had the al-Qaeda threats at the embassies and all the stuff going on with Yemen. Uh So we were just like, (laughs) why the hell are they taking so long? This can't be a real issue. (laughs) At one point we we were in the lineup and there was a whole bunch of people behind us. Mm -hmm. Then we looked back and they split the line in half and we were somehow at the very end of the lineup. They took the other people to the other side. I'm like, how are we at the back of the line? We've been waiting here like an hour. So it's like we got penalized for coming two hours early, which if you know me, I don't like going to the airport this early. I will go 20. Hell no. Yeah. You're more neurotic or not neurotic. Hell yeah, I am. Um, You like going like the day before to the airport. I don't want to be late or miss the flight. Yeah, I'm like, let's do this. We can rock it 20 minutes before the plane takes off. <laughs> so I'm like, this is insane. And so we're going through this Homeland Security, right, yep. after a while. And we're seeing people in front of us getting pulled aside. And, like, the guy, like, with no facial expression, he's very stoic, taking your ID, taking your boarding pass, looking at you. And you have to be, like, straight face. This is more, in like hardcore than going through customs Mm -hmm. and how i was saying is like i hate airports because i always get pulled aside it just bang thought of like oh my god does my boarding pass say my full name on it again i got really nervous because there were there was a whole family from alabama pulled aside um already to go get questioned i guess Mm -hmm. um but yeah we ended up taking an hour and a half to go through that line even before we got through to the actual like security checks security checks checkpoint and we all had to go through the uh, scanners and yeah like the scanner wasn't working for a minute and mm-hmm. their, their ladies like go through the other one then the other ladies like no no go, no, through no, the go back to the other one and so it was just like weird because it's like if here's the thing i'm fine for all the secondary checking but then what happens if it's like we were starving like that was one thing yeah they should think about our appetites before any other security <laughs> yeah. or anything come, like, on, now. come on now right? <laughs> but <laughs> no, i mean like true. also like if you're ramping up this much security have you a should burrito o- stand on the well side. not even have a burrito stand i was just saying to you just have more people on yeah like to be more things open they only had one metal detector out of there's like a row of 20, 20. Of them, and there's one metal detector yeah. and like one uh full body full stand. body scan but like 14 people doing it but yeah. yet we somehow still had to get our own um bucket things like nobody was refilling them we had to walk somewhere else there was nobody directly telling you where to go so it felt like just like chaos at one point when you mm-hmm. went through the gate so either way we managed to get to the the freedom side in the gate where we literally like it's one o'clock we need to get something to eat mm-hmm. and then they're like and boarding back for toronto so, and we're like ah. so either way we got back safe obama <clears throat> obama said wow eh? <laughs> um, <laughs> obama said that obama you said know, knock you out obama said that closing knock down all out. the embassies is, was not an overreaction of the threat yeah. um and it was his birthday like come on al-qaeda give the man a break totally so either way i thought in honor of that headline we should do some other more fun headlines from around the world and kind of have a rigorous game of what would you do Here's the pre-context. On Thursday, we had 
both of us had a pretty late night. I was helping a friend write a reference letter. And I was drinking with Dan on the balcony, so it was a late night. It was pretty. In- <laughs> it was a pretty <laughs> hard night. You're yeah. I was drinking in Kensington. You were drinking on our balcony, right? <laughs> then we came together at about ten forty-five because we haven't had dinner yet, and we yeah. went to Acme Burger. Yeah. How much money would you spend on a burger if? It was the end of the world, and it was like the only thing to eat. So it's just like you're – it's the end of the world. All the food's down. You can only eat like bugs at this point, but there's burger. Yeah. That's the idea? Yeah. I'm going to try to pay for it. Yeah. Do you know how close – like if, is it like I'm eating this burger, then the world's exploding, or am I eating this burger and it's still like – We don't yep. know. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would spend – you know what? I If they still had like – like ice cream from Baskin Robbins, I would maybe put in two fifty, two hundred fifty bucks for this burger. Okay. And if, if that's not good enough, I'll just go buy two hundred fifty bucks worth of ice cream. Now I don't know if you know this headline story, but the first test tube burger was tasted on live yeah. TV. Okay. And if it was the end of the world and you could get a eight ounce or a five ounce Acme burger test tube burger and it was the end of the world, how much would you pay for it? First of all, what's a test tube burger? Is that basically just a burger that's been made in like a science lab? Okay, so here's the story from earlier last week. So uh, scientists on Monday unveiled the world's first lab-grown beef burger, serving it up to two volunteers who then gave their verdicts on the revolutionary meal. The five-ounce burger, which cost 250,000 pounds to produce, which is probably like almost like, I guess – Maybe like three twenty US yeah. dollars, aka three references for all our UK fans. They yeah, got, they got the reference. Three forty Canadian um, was dished up by its creator before an invited audience. The meal was made from twenty thousand strips of artificial beef, Gross. each the size of a grain of rice, which have been uh, grown from stem cells from a dead cow. Ooh. Um. Okay. So. Dun dun dun. How much are you paying for an end of the world burger? Like, let me throw this question. I don't know, but like, okay, I guess the better question is, um, he. Okay, so the scientist thinks that this could be part of a big food revolution with artificial meat products appearing in supermarkets in as little as ten years. The stem cells are cultivated in a nutrient broth, allowing them to proliferate for thirtyfold. Even if they do come out in 10 years, I'm still not going to pay for an artificial burger. No. Um, but if it's the end of the world, and I love burgers, you know how much I love burgers. Hell yeah. I might have to fork over at least one year's worth of university tuition. Really? So, yeah. If it's Damn. the end of the world. That's true. I feel, though, if it's the end of the world and you're offering me a burger for like $300, mm-hmm. I was going to punch you in the face and take it and run away because I'm like, <laughs> I got no morals now. It's the end of the world. What do I care? The, so the, the apocalypse is here. What are you going to throw me in jail? I'll just, I'll just run away. Would you want to taste it? Like today? It's not today, the end of the a world. A test tube burger? No, I'll just go to McDonald's. I feel like that's a test tube burger right Really? There. What happens if somebody gave you $1,000? To, te- to eat it? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. You like eat it? For 1000 bucks. What about for 20 bucks? 20 bucks. Yeah. I'd basically- you eat it? <laughs> <laughs> if you're paying me to eat a burger... <laughs> when does anyone ever pay you to eat a burger? How much for you? How much... <laughs> Do they have to pay you to eat yeah. a burger? Yo, guy, I'd have the higher standards. It'd be like $250. $250? Because then at least you could buy more good burgers. What about all the kids in, like, Uganda who are just like, can I have a taste of this test tube burger? I think this is the where that could benefit, though. Right? Well, there you go. 
Uh, we, we've opened up a discussion to hopefully cure starvation in Uganda. I don't know if it's, if we open the discussion. I think that's what the revolution oh. is for. <laughs> Oops. Well, so, but I'm glad you're on board. <laughs> the revolution is here. Okay, should we pull a question out of the hat? Yeah. Can we do this now? Okay. Okay, let's see who this is from. This one is from Chloe in Boston. Mm -hmm. Shout out to our, all of our favorite people in Boston, okay. all our Boston listeners. Her question is simply, favorite movie trailer? Ooh. I can answer this one right away. Go. My favorite movie trailer mm -hmm. is The Watchmen. Ugh. And here's this is the thing. That, that trailer, I know you hated that movie. Yeah. I've only seen it that one time in the movie theater. I thought it was good. I just thought it was really long. Yeah. But I remember when I watched the movie trailer, it blew me away. So if you guys haven't seen the movie trailer, go to YouTube, type in the Watchmen trailer. Yeah. It's really good. They use an awesome Smashing Pumpkins song. Okay. It's called like the, oh fuck, it's called like the end is the beginning. Or oh, the beginning okay. is the end. It's like this really dark uh, and creepy song. And I remember watching the movie trailer being like actually being scared watching it being like wow this, like the world they've created with wow. like these like ships coming out of the water and like the monsters uh, the superheroes this and that that's cool and i just remember being like blown away by this movie trailer oddly enough too another trailer that i really liked when the movie sucked was the latest like transformers movie oh score the one yeah. where they like destroy chicago mm -hmm. it looked really cool i mean like it's a michael bay movie but mm -hmm. that trailer i really liked but the watchmen Oh, like, go check out that one right now if you haven't seen it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, Which is weird because, okay, so I probably have, like, a ton of trailers that I love. Yeah. Um, But my friend Matt and my new friend Sean from work, we were actually having this discussion because mm. Sean is new to our department. He's, like, asking Matt and myself, he's like, do you guys often, like, when you watch movie trailers, do you take them for, like, inspiration or do you dissect them and yeah. really anal analyze them for, like, they're not cut properly and stuff. So I was just saying that one of my favorite movie trailers um, that I love is Mission Impossible Ghost. Okay, that Protocol, one, yeah. Ghost Protocol. I love the music in it. It's um, the Eminem uh, Pink oh, song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love the way because it kind of goes in like um, – it has different acts in that trailer. Mm -hmm. But then I also was saying – trailers that i love are the ones that are completely different than the actual movie um so like, like the trailer the like the watchman but also like the trailer to funny people because yeah. it was pitched as like a comedy, a comedy and whatever but you don't realize if you haven't seen it's funny people and half of dramatic outer yeah and, half of like and it's like a great movie like i love that film another but movie sorry i was gonna say like that is the girl next door mm -hmm. where you think it's like some ron raunchy teen comedy about a porn star when it actually it's one of my favorite movies yeah it has a lot more like heart to it totally where there is like that raunchy stuff but it, you think of it like as an american pie movie when it's like no it's completely different mm -hmm. from that so that would be another one and then i just i love I think I watched it recently just for, like, a graphic point of view, mm -hmm. uh, the trailer to The Descendants. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, another one I just remembered was, the thing that sucks now, too, is I go to IMDb, like, mm -hmm. every day to watch movie trailers to kind of get inspired in, in this and that. Mm -hmm. So now it sucks because when we go to movies, we saw two movies in Washington, I've already seen the trailers before, like, they're on the yeah. big screen, like, I already know this. But back in the day when I saw the trailer for The Departed, mm -hmm. it was it was one of my favorite ones. I only saw it for the first time in the movie theater, and I loved it because they had Pink Floyd's Come, 
comfortably numb mm-hmm. and i don't even think i knew the song before that trailer like because i i like pink floyd but i didn't know him too too much yeah i was like oh my god this song is so good and the trailer was amazing and like i love that movie too i think that's the one thing i love like i wish when we you and i cut like commercials and trailers for a living um i wish that we could use licensed music, music yeah, license. um to actually cut to because it makes such a difference like the one thing i love is baz Luhrmann, mm-hmm. who did um just recently the great gatsby and he's done like moulin rouge and stuff yeah um you get to obviously use like great music to sell oh, these yeah. really like colorful and vibrant um theatrical movies yeah and so um for the great gatsby it was uh, what the hell is oh, it? it was... Uh, back to, is it Back to Black? I don't What song know. was it? I can't even remember now. I can't remember either. Either way, Jay-Z covered... He did the whole album. He produced yeah. the whole thing. And then it's a lot of like Amy Winehouse covers on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the music is just so great to cut to. So as an editor, you should appreciate this too. Oh, for sure. You have a headline for us? Yeah. Okay. So we were talking about this because when you're in... <laughs> when you're near, near, near. You sound like a, like a country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the hillbilly portion of the podcast. Um, so when we were in D.C., we went to the Air and Space Smithsonian Museum. Yeah. And we learned about um, the different uh, space exploration adventures, Challenger, etc. They had a part about the moon landing, which we didn't even go oh. to that spot. <laughs> One of the hottest <laughs> topics for our relationship. Um, but yeah, we were you and I actually debated the merit between sending humans to space versus yeah. sending robots Monkeys, to robots. space. So where are you on that? Do you feel like we should be sending robot astronauts into space still? Or is there still um, that need and necessity to send humans out to actually be the test to check if humans can yeah. live in space? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I go either way, but I'm like, might as well send a human there just for the fact that you don't want robots taking over the world. If you get robots to start doing human things. Mm-hmm. It's just like they're going to start. They're going to start to like get emotions, and it's going to be like the Terminator, where just robots take over the world. Okay. So I mean, have a robot make a car, but send a human to space so that the robots don't go to space, meet up with some aliens, team up with the aliens, and come back here and make make it Judgment Day on our asses, and I have to buy a three hundred dollar burger because it's the end of the world. <laughs> Whoa! Did we just cut a new movie and trailer so. right before our eyes? <laughs> um, okay, so last week a talking robot astronaut blasted into space. <laughs> uh oh. Um, this talking humanoid robot named Karobi takes off on board a supply ship bound for the International Space Station from Japan's Taganashima Space Center. Okay. Um, so this robot. Um, took off at about 5 a.m. on a Sunday, heading for the space space station um, with a five and a half tons of supplies and equipment. But the only reason why he's there um, is to keep the Japanese station um, astronaut company. Yeah. Um, so very much in... Oh, weird. Yeah, so hold on. You might have to edit this. That's okay. I was going to say, I was watching Joe Rogan has a new show. It's called Joe Rogan Questions Everything. And yeah. It was all about taking human life and putting it into like robot form. Yeah. Being like when you die, you can still take your mind, your brain, your memory and put it into a robot to live forever. Yeah. And there was this one woman who died, but they put like her artificial mind in this robot and Joe Rogan was talking to her. Okay. And had like a robot voice, but saying answers that she would say. Okay. So like I was just watching something kind of about like artificial people and robots and this and that. That's crazy. Yeah. So no, like they're saying that they're calling it a robonaut. Um, Roboner not. 
Not boner, oh. robonaut. <laughs> <laughs> the robonaut is capable of recognizing human voice and speech and is pre-programmed responses and actions to questions while it can also create verbal responses based on its past conversations. Um, <laughs> so I think it's really cool that we're spending $9 jillion <laughs> to send human companions <laughs> or robotic companions up to space. It goes back to the whole Uganda thing. Like, send them some mm-hmm. food rather than keeping some rich astronaut company in space. Well, he is by himself, I guess. Yeah, but maybe he's a lone wolf and he wants to be alone. Oh, no, I guess he's like this attention seeker. Like, look at me. I need someone to be around me. I can't be on my own. I need to... It's like you're in space. I also think... So this is a new point to say about said uh, Robonaut. He's 13 inches tall, 7 inches wide, and weighs under 2.2 pounds. But right now, he only speaks Japanese. If you're sending up a robot into space... And it's a robot that can have pre-programmed conversations yeah. and intellectually enough to speak, like articulate articulate himself in conversation. You should be able to program any language. So then this robot actually serves other nations. Very true. But I was just thinking, why don't they just have a second human go up into space? Did they only have one astronaut in all of Japan? Yeah, I think it's like the – remember in – this is this is my really mediocre space knowledge now, loosely based on Armageddon. Okay. <laughs> um, remember the Russian space station with that dude who was just by himself? Yeah, I, I never saw the movie. You never saw Armageddon? I'm going to see Armageddon for it. I already what? know that they saved the world and Liv Tyler marries Ben Affleck. You say Affleck weird. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> How um, do you say it? Affleck? I say Affleck. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, what do you recall it? Yeah. So in that movie, there's a Russian... We're totally watching Armageddon. Okay. Um, there's a Russian space station operator, and he's just by himself, and he's been up there by himself for, like, however long, like, a decade or something. So maybe this Japanese guy will be by himself, or has been by himself for a while, because you can only have one human live in such True. a facility. You know what I was thinking? Every single movie plot from the 90s about the end of the world or aliens are all like that, where they have one guy alone in, like, you know, a satellite system being like, oh, I'm by myself. I'm playing miniature golf. And it's like, wait a second. The satellites are going crazy. Isn't that, like, <laughs> Independence Day and, yeah. like, signs and, like, all these movies? Just, like, one guy alone. And it's like, oh, my God, something's Plus happening. Plus, he can't write a story with, like, 15 protagonists. <laughs> but it should be noted that while we were in Washington, we did watch all these movie trailers. And there's a silly movie coming out with Sandra Bullock who gets, oh. like thrown gravity. off yeah it's called gravity yeah and that is the worst trailer i've seen in so long because she is a i just don't take her seriously as a dramatic What's your actress. nickname for her i don't have a nickname for her Not but a I horse just, face no that's sarah jessica parker uh, chiclet teeth that's uh pie oh no that's rachel mcadams pie face that's julia styles <laughs> So you got nothing for Sandra Bullock? Not yet. I actually like Sandra Bullock, just not in a not dramatic me. role. You said like, leave her in space. No, I'd leave her in speed. That was her, <laughs> that was her claim to fame, and that's where I'd like her. Not in space, <laughs> doing very like soft-spoken shouts as she gets pulled away. Oh, oh, oh. And George Clooney's like, "You're stay, stay put. I'll find you." I know. Well, either way, the CGI looked cool. Okay, we're gonna. Pull out a question, take a break, go see some rap concerts, and then come back. (laughs) Okay, let's see. Who's getting the question before the rest of part one? Ooh, it's a long piece of paper here. This comes from Ralph. Ralph? Ralph. Not Rolf. (laughs) Rolf? Yeah. Like Like in Santa Music. (laughs) Rolf. Sounds like Rolf. No. Frisbee golf. (laughs) This is Ralph in Kansas. Okay. It's actually a pretty big following in Kansas, which is cool. 
He says, if you could podcast with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? <laughs> you know, if you're a musician, it'd be like, if you could play with one musician yeah. dead or alive, who would it be? For me, there's, I mean, there's lots of people, but if you're, it's, if it's podcasting, mm-hmm. I would really want to, maybe he's actually listening. I'd want to podcast with one of the guys who inspired me to podcast, which is Joe Rogan. He's not, oh, oops. He's not, it's dead or alive. I think I clearly only have heard dead. the word dead in that sentence. Dead, okay. Dead. I'd want to do like Joe Rogan because he's mm-hmm. the one who I started doing the pot. I used, I always listen to his. Mm-hmm. He's really fascinating. He's a guy like, even if I've never met him, he can, he always podcasts for three hours long. So clearly he knows how to talk and keep conversations. Yeah. And so I'd be fun to go in with him because he goes from, he talks about the moon landing to mm-hmm. biogenesis to like all different ranges of, from funny to serious to yeah. conspiracy theories. I think it'd just be like a lot of fun. Okay. Him. Uh, and also, I mean, if I'm shooting for the stars, why not get Barack Obama? Totally. Not even Prime Minister? Oh, who cares? Stephen Harper? No? Of his Pierre Trudeau, maybe. Or I'd get Justin Trudeau and be like, how do you feel about those slanderous commercials about you? <laughs> with you and your tank top and weird mustache and goatee. Fair enough. Um, I think you? for me, I would either want somebody like a Steve Carell. Okay. Uh, just because I feel like he'd make me laugh the whole time. Yeah. Um, or like a Jimmy Fallon, John Stewart. Ooh, yeah. So that way they could they like Joe Rogan know mm. how to carry on a situation like this, but yeah. then <clears throat> they're also insanely into like current affairs, but yeah. also like into pop culture. So I feel like we could go everywhere. Um, but if it was somebody dead, I think I would want to talk to either Dennis Wilson, Beach Ooh. Boys fame, just because he was crazy around for the Manson era, et cetera. And just, you know, growing up in the Wilson house. If you don't know, John and I, I think we said it in our relationships episode or like Music of Our Lives episode in season one, Beach Boys have played a huge integral part of our relationship. Mm. And I think we know a ton about them, but yeah. it's just like, I, I think growing up, even though I've seen and read a bunch of stuff on the Wilson family, it would be crazy to see it from Dennis Wilson's point. Mm-hmm. So, and I think they're coming out with a Dennis Wilson movie. Yeah, they are. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So that'd be mine. Ooh, I like it. We'll see you guys after the Under the Influence tour show. <laughs> and just like that, we're back, even though it doesn't <laughs> seem like we've gone anywhere. But we just got back from the Under the Influence tour concert. Ooh. And it was a lot of fun. It definitely surpassed all of my preconceived preconceived, preconceived notions. notions. Yeah, right? yeah. I think... Uh, we might be a little slow now because let's just put it this way: there was a, like it, the the concert's called the, the Under the Influence tour. Oh yeah! And so everyone around you is under the influence. And I think basically, if I were to take a urine test, I would fail to say just standing around all those people. <laughs> that's probably where I I'm at right the now. The entire Molson Amphitheater was hotboxed. It was <laughs> to your left, to your right, front, back. It was just it was Holy pretty crazy. Lady. But do you want to? Talk about what you thought of it, and then I'll tell you my yeah. thoughts. I've only been to one other rap show. So the context of this uh, concert was that um, John and I always try and do, like, fun birthday gifts and, like, different ones and out of the ordinary. So one year I got him Tech Nine yeah. <laughs> tickets, which Tech uh, Nine. he was featured as one of the artists, right? One of his songs for Tech. 605? Uh, no, uh, he, he was on, yeah, I think, like, Relationships 3 when we talked about music. Yeah. Yeah, I did Midwest 
choppers. So check that song or that episode out. Yeah. Um, but that was the only rap concert I have ever been to. Mm-hmm. And initially, I wasn't even going to go to it. I bought the ticket for you and Sean to go. Yeah. Because I didn't want to get beaten up. And so <laughs> <laughs> Not by us, but by people at the yeah, show. Yeah, just in case they're extra violent. And then... Then it was my birthday, and you, me, and the guys were over, and we had a couple drinks, and then you decided you wanted to come because you were feeling good. Yeah. So, so then I came, and it was like, well, I think wait, we wait, told first, the story. We, we, yeah, we probably did, but before we did, you chased Dan down Alley to try and get him to yeah. come, too. Yeah, <laughs> he's so silly. He didn't come. But um, either way, we all went, and we were all three lovely dressed Banana Republic, Republic. kids yeah. in the opera house. But anyway, so then this year, I got John... Um, ASAP Rocky and yeah. with Khalifa tickets for his birthday because you were obsessed with ASAP Rocky mm-hmm. all the way in the spring for so long sure. that I'm like, oh my God, they're coming together. This is amazing. Got the tickets and I was like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, it's at the Molson Amphitheater. Yeah. So it should be a bit more chill, mm-hmm. but equally hilarious. So. Oh man, just driving up to the amphitheater, you could just see the crowd of like Hoochie Mamas. And- oh yeah. And gangsters mixed with hipsters, hipsters. mixed with just normal looking like people. You'd be like, oh, you should be at a country concert. Not yeah, a rap show. it was so crazy. I guess it's like, I, I guess they're kind of mainstream now. And like my brother mm-hmm. Brandon was like, take a picture of the audience yeah. before um, the concert's done. And so we sent him some stuff. <laughs> but it was just like the weirdest mix of people there. But the mm. best energy I've ever been to at a show. Like yeah. everybody was like, ASAP Rocky went on first, mm-hmm. and he was amazing. Really Like, good. I knew, like, a few of his songs, mm-hmm. but just the energy, his stage presence and mm-hmm. stuff. I'm a big believer in standing and dancing at a concert, and that's all we were doing. Oh, yeah. Well, everyone was just standing and dancing. Like, we, we got there perfectly. Just as we got, like, our pizza and beer, mm-hmm. ASAP Rocky came out. So it's like, yeah, and we ran there, and uh, everyone was just standing up, dancing around. Like, not mm-hmm. a single person... Just sitting in a seat, but people waving their hands all the way from the front row to the lawns. Mm-hmm. And like, even this, like, I know most of his songs, but there's definitely a few songs I don't know. And mm-hmm. even the songs I didn't know were fun to dance to. Totally. And he did my favorite song, Wild for the Night, which was so good. So good. He, he did your favorite song, Fucking Problems. So good. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was really cool. And then Wiz Khalifa came out like mm-hmm. 20 minutes after he finished his set. I must say too, for rappers, they were right on time for their set list. <laughs> yeah. They were not late at Very all, which you would think they might rappers. be a little bit late. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was saying to you, I was like, okay, we're not going to talk about the concert on the way home no. because I'm like, I wanted to give you my thoughts because yeah. I'm like, I knew more ASAP Rocky than Wiz Khalifa. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh my gosh. Okay. I give Wiz Khalifa a 10 out of 10 for musicality. Whoa, baby. Because I didn't know, one, I've heard him sing like in the music videos and like on CDs and stuff. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is like completely Pro um, Tools or something. Pro Tools and it's just completely synthesized. His voice is really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, even though like he had a lot more like slow kind of jams, I thought. I thought it was, like, really interesting to hear him <laughs> perform. Like, really? I was like, this is really cool. Like, I'd almost wish, like, I love the atmosphere there and, like, mm-hmm. the Hoochie Mamas and, like, the yeah. whatever. But it was like, you would be really good in, like, a Massey Hall setting to me. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, that was really cool. I thought that while he was a better as a, like, musicality yeah. kind of thing, and he kind of reminded me of, like, a really strung out Jimi Hendrix. Like, I'm I, like... Yeah, I thought about that a couple times, too. Just, like, the way he dressed and totally. his swagger Swag, and all this stuff. everything. I'm like, can he play guitar? Mm-hmm. But I thought that ASAP Rocky had better stage presence, yeah. but more, like, danceable, fun kind of yeah. stuff. So I thought, like, even... 
how they set up the tour was really cool. And, like, mm-hmm. the Taylor. Taylor gang. Taylor, Taylor gang? gang. How cool is that? Have 20 of your closest friends come out on stage and dance with you. Yeah. Taylor gang came out from Wiz Khalifa. Mm-hmm. The ASAP mob came out for mm-hmm. ASAP Rocky. And one of the big appearances, we thought that maybe Drake would come out because yeah. Drake did his OVO concert last week. Mm-hmm. And he brought out ASAP Rocky. Drake didn't come out, but they brought uh, Wiz Khalifa brought out The Weeknd, yeah. who's like a really big R&B artist, kind of like mm-hmm. in the same tone as Frank Ocean. Yeah. And yeah, it's true. Uh, Wiz Khalifa does have a little bit more slower songs. I think those are like, he's a big stoner rapper, so yeah. those are more like sit, like listen with mm-hmm. headphones on stuff. Mm-hmm. But then when he did stuff like Black and Yellow. So good. He did a bunch of like his, uh, a couple songs they did with Snoop Dogg were really good. I definitely... And Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh I think I liked ASAP a little bit better, like mm-hmm. for his vibe. Mm-hmm. I did like Wiz Khalifa's stage presence and like his voice matched the record. Yeah. I almost wish they had one more like uh, bigger uh, headliner. Yeah. Because as much as I love Wiz Khalifa, someone like say like, Drake who did it a week before, every one of his songs is like a hit it's song. It's an anthem, yeah. So maybe, although like I love the concert and, and uh, I wouldn't change a thing about it. Maybe if there's like, I can only imagine like if it was the. Um, up in smoke tour like Dr. Dre, like <laughs> how, how yeah, every we song. Would be there. <laughs> but uh, what do you give the the show out of ten? I give it for me. Yeah. I give it a solid eight point five out of ten. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Eight point five. It was one of the best vibes mm-hmm. just around. I was gonna say it was like a black man's dream, but a white father's like nightmare because <laughs> all the skanky white girls were just dancing up on the it's big black so dudes. So true. And it's funny. There's this one big stoner white guy in front of us who's like all hardcore and he's like dancing smoking weed and, and like giving like the hip-hop handshake and then he's walking away and this guy called his name and it made me laugh what is it sasha he's like <laughs> sasha sasha yeah. and it's like this big like trying to be gangster white guy i think what's cool about the concert too is like we've been in crowds like at cool in the gang yeah when we got into a sassy argument with that dude in front of us or yeah. beside us or behind us behind cause us because we were standing up at a cool in the gang concert and he's like don't dance yeah this concert where you think you'd get into a fight for anything mm-hmm. there were very lovely people beside us for sure he's guys like i'm sorry i think you're in my seat i'm like oh no i'm sorry i think you're in my seat <laughs> right? it was yeah like, don't worry oh he's like oh thank you for telling me for <laughs> and sure stuff. and like everybody was like pretty accommodating around us mm-hmm. so i didn't feel too like worried like i was gonna get shanked or anything like that nope the good thing is like i was saying too is this is a big stoner crowd so i'm like there shouldn't be any fights because everyone should just be high i mean if this was like <laughs> some redneck country show everyone would be drunk yeah. and want to fight but this is just more like everyone was just blazed out i guess you would say (laughs) so it was very good very good eight out of five asap rocky was khalifa you just went down a half a mark you said eight out of five wait point five oh i think you said eight out of five and i was like you went down point five then i'm like wait a second your odds got better because eight out of five would be eight point five out of ten plus three rating booyah okay so as we come down from the concert let's get back into the actual 605 show and i believe we I can't even remember because it's been so long and we've been out of the concert. I think we ended with one of the questions from the hat. So if you have a headline. Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. So let's remember your season one finale episode of 605. The alien episode where I got abducted. Aliens took over the world. Yes. Right. Um, and you were hiding out in your bunker, bunker. with yeah. Leonard, <gasps> etc. I didn't know Leonard's here. Hi, guys. Don't forget me. <laughs> <laughs> so 
let's say, how long do you think you're in that bunker? That bunker, from what I remember, it's it's all bits and pieces because it was such a crazy time. I think I was down there for a couple weeks. Okay, okay. Yeah. So a couple weeks. Yeah. So like clearly people you said were looting and everything. There was like yeah. stores were run over, etc. You I'm were just trying to find your fruit bars. I'm really proud of the way the world's turn, turn around and it's back to normal <laughs> now because for that like good month when the aliens took over, it was looting and I couldn't even leave the apartment. Okay, so... The Telegraph um, newspaper in the UK reported that an artist, a student artist actually, creates a 12-course meal in a can. In a can? So an artist has created a 12-course meal in a tin can. The all-in-one contains 12 layers of distinct food with each section representing a different dish. Okay. So you could eat like an elitist if you wanted to mm-hmm. while set in this bunker. Okay. Um, so Chris Godfrey, who is 24. Any relation to Gilbert Godfrey? Ooh. Hey, I'm Gilbert Godfrey. We were going to see him in Washington. He was the only comedian playing in Washington last week. <laughs> so okay. the student has combined 12 courses in this tin can. So it includes ravioli, uh, roast pork belly, ribeye steak, French onion soup, um, just to name a few. Okay. And he's he said it was part of his design dissertation um, about how consumerism is working and how large corporations can work and how, whatchamacallit, food also loses its integrity um, just because it's mass produced and stuff. So it's like, why not have everything in this tin can okay. so people can sample everything? Yeah. Right? What do you think? First of all, you said it's a 12-course meal. Yes. I feel like I'd have to take two or three courses just to learn how to eat and manage this thing. I'd have to go to school and take a couple <laughs> courses. I think it starts with like the amuse-bouche, the smaller than the appetizer, so etc. Is this like a little mason jar can or are we talking like a garbage can size? Like no, how no, no, big no. is this it's thing? It's like it's a let's say it's like a spaghetti sauce size can. So like however many. And all this food is inside? Yeah, so it's each layer is wedged down, right? So it almost looks like a patty. Okay. Layer. I don't have a picture of it because I didn't print it. Okay. Um. But yeah, just think about it. It's like it's like a lasagna. Right. Uh. I feel like I would maybe gain nine hundred pounds because I wouldn't realize how big it is. I would just eat it all and I. Eat like, the whole can. I'd eat the whole thing. So I'm like it's just a little spaghetti sauce size can. See now the question is. Yeah. Would you eat the can, as each independent layer, or would you jam that spoon right down all twelve layers? Well, when it comes to eating, I like to kind of. I flip-flop between what I like to do when I eat. Sometimes I like to keep everything separate. So let's just say I have roast beef, mashed potatoes, and corn. Yeah, all in one can. All in one can. Uh, I, I feel like I'd be, I get weirded out with all this food so close to each other where it maybe doesn't like match. Like you got foie gras or something. Is that foie gras is duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could have foie gras next to like, I don't know, dumplings or something like that. Okay, I'm sure you get to have, like, like-minded things in ten- the okay. tin can. What's your thought on this? Because to me, it's too weird. Oh, I don't like food touching any of my food. Yeah. I like separate things, so this would just freak the hell out of me. And I'm not a big believer in eating things, like, <laughs> whole foods in a can. <laughs> yeah. So this would just disgust the hell out of me. I would starve in said bunker. <laughs> so you wouldn't want to eat, like, ravioli from a can or... Uh, not unless I could put uh, some of my own stuff on it. Spaghettios or something? I've never had Spaghettios. <laughs> no? <laughs> no. That's okay. I don't think I have either. <laughs> we, we learned something new about each other each podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think we can both agree that food in a can is disgusting, especially yeah. if it's like supposed to be a main course, like you got steak or something in yeah. there. Eh, sorry. Not eh, going to happen. Invalid. I'd rather pay for a $400 burger. <laughs> yeah. should, we, should we make a bet that... What are the odds if I pull out a question? It's a food-related question. Go. 
if it's a food related question, yeah. you we have to go to Baskin Robbins as soon as this is done. What? Why? Because I don't know. Because then we both win. I'll buy two tubs of ice cream. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Who is this from? Ooh, this is from Ben in Oakville. Ooh. He's a longtime listener. He's written, he always comments on podcasts, so yeah. shout out to Ben in Oakville. How you doing? Okay. He says, okay, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. You guys love music. Yes. Of all the bands you love, what one band would you tell someone to go see live to make them an instant fan? Remember. I already know your answer. Well, no, uh, well, this is what's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. He also says, remember, you're staking your musical legacy on this recommendation. So I guess he's saying if you had to recommend one band for someone to go see live to be, like, blown away. And, yeah. like, protect, I guess figure that they've never heard this band. Okay. So you're going to think I'm going to say The Darkness. Totally. But I'm not going to say The Darkness because – this is this is a good question by Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ben. He's so inquisitive, that Ben. He is. He's a smart little guy. Or he could be old. I don't know how old he is. (laughs) So I wouldn't say The Darkness only because I love them, but I know they're an acquired taste. Okay. Because they're amazing live, but Justin Hawkins' voice, a lot of people might not like, or they might think it's too weird. Okay. So the band, so like, I love them to death, but someone who's never heard them, I wouldn't be like, you got to see this band live, you'll instantly love them. Right. Because I could see a lot of people be like, just turned off. By like, like who is this guy coming out in like a, a onesie singlet? Meanwhile, like the bass is. You call it a singlet? <laughs> yeah. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> this is why it took so long to find the costume for Halloween because I didn't know what to Google. I'm like latex and it's like all these like weird posters. I'm gonna pop- totally make you Google a singlet. Singlet. <laughs> it sounds like a one little piglet or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I'll check it out afterwards. Maybe I'll post a picture online of what a singlet is. Okay. So I think that'd be too weird. For, like, if you know the darkness, and if you like just, I believe in a thing called love, yeah. they'd be like, go to the show because it's so much better. But if you've never heard of them, yeah. like, I wouldn't tell my too dad. Weird. Too weird. I wouldn't tell my dad to go see the darkness. Yeah, but your dad likes weirdo music. This is true. He, we have a bunch of records that are, like, all weirdo. And he used to wear, like, really tight, almost like a, <laughs> a onesie suit. I remember seeing him in, like, straight, really tight bell-bottom pants. Yeah. Right? He'd appreciate it. This is true. Okay, maybe my dad would like it, but I wouldn't tell necessarily, like, let's just say your dad or whoever it is. <laughs> Here's a band I would tell if you've never heard of them. Go. Uh, the Avit Brothers. Oh, okay. Because they are the uh, this band that are just, they're amazing live. Mm-hmm. Their songs are fantastic, and they put, like, they're all into it. Mm-hmm. So even if you've never heard of them, you would just go there and have so much fun. Like, we saw them at the Danforth Music what Hall. What kind of music is it? Avid Even Brothers, though I know, yeah. so just so other They're like don't folk, know. rock, country, bluegrass. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think of Mumford & Sons, they're like Mumford & Sons. They, Mumford & Sons and Avid Brothers actually played the Grammys like three years ago with Bob Dylan. Yeah. Uh, but just for whatever reason, Mumford & Sons blew up huge. And Avid Brothers, they're still big. Like They do a lot of mm-hmm. festivals and are pretty high in the bill. Mm-hmm. But whereas last year's Avid Brothers album came out, it sold let's say, 80,000 first week. Mm-hmm. Mumford & Sons album, when it first came out, sold 600,000 one week. Cool. But it's the same kind of music. Uh, so that's what it is. Okay. But even like their slower songs, when they play them live, mm-hmm. are sped up and dancing. They have like, it's just like a big jam yeah. band. Like everyone's up, again, standing up, dancing around. Yeah. So I think out of all the bands, yeah. out of everyone I know, if no one's ever heard of them, if they go to the show, you'll instantly buy all their records. Okay, okay. What about you? I definitely think, like, obviously, like, the Foo Fighters, I've seen them a bunch of times, and that is the craziest cool energy, like, stadium rock kind of yeah. thing. But then they always do a breakout set, like, 
Um, they'll do an acoustic cut of um, what you want to call it, like Big Me and stuff like cool. that. Um, but Stars, yeah, were amazing live, and I've okay. seen them a hand dozen times at different venues. And it's always cool when your lead singer is coked out of his mind. Oh, he was. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> and um, his voice is so enchanting. And the songs, because there's like eight or nine people in the band and mm-hmm. they're all like, again, like I think the arts and crafts label is just like different uh, single performers are also in stars and stuff like that. So like mm-hmm. Amy Mann's voice is beautiful mm-hmm. in there. Um, and when you get her and the main dude, I want to say his name's um, Garfunkel. Bo- no, it's like Borgian or something. Okay. Um, when you hear them do stuff together, it's just so beautiful. And then, but also has like really good um, energy behind it. So it's a good contrast. If you want like really pretty, like orchestral kind of stuff with like a fun rock kind of thing, it's mm-hmm. so good. And the energy is okay. crazy because this man's on complete Coke. Coke. Yeah. Um, so he's like throwing flowers, well, running baby. across. Like, remember when we saw our kid fire at the Danforth? Yeah, that and guy. And that dude who, was doing laps around coked the stage. Out too. Exactly the same. So the moral of the story is go see a guy who's coked out because he'll just run around and go crazy. Done. Do you have another headline for us? Okay. So this one, um, coming off of our Barbados trip in April. Barbados. Um, this man last week in Australia invented a sand-resistant beach towel. Come again? Okay. So an Australian entrepreneur claims to have invented a beach towel that will not transfer sand from the seaside into your cars. Um, so this invention is destined to like leave the beach at right. the beach. Um, he's like, unlike a regular beach towel where sand can get trapped into the loopy fibers, <laughs> the Sandusa, which is what his fandangled beach towel is called, <laughs> uh, smooth nylon backing allows the sand to slip off easily, leaving it dry and sand free. The underside of the towel is described as waterproof, meaning sand should not seep through the towel if it gets wet. The front side is made of a more recognizable toweling material, a.k.a. cotton. (laughs) Okay. Um, So if you throw sand on the sandusa, it is going to get covered in sand, but um, the toweling side is just like a normal towel. So if you get sand on that side and stomp all over it, it'll remain sandy like a regular towel would. Okay. What two, do you think? Two things. First of all, if you go into a bathroom, close the door, and turn off the lights and say Sandusa three times, no! does something come out and like attack you, or is that Medusa? <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Second of all, uh, this is this sounds like a great idea, mm-hmm. and I, this is something I would purchase off of like a website. Like I'd be like, oh, this is really good. I won't get sand all over okay. me. But at the uh, what I was just thinking was, isn't half the fun getting like sand in like your butt crack and stuff? Like coming home, being like, "Wow, there's sand all over me." I, How did I get all the sand <laughs> in my butt and like my toes and my my <laughs> elbows and stuff like that? <laughs> I don't know. That's like I probably would buy this. Really? Well, it's not gonna get sand if I had a car theoretically, and then there's no sand in it. I guess also to like I think it's like not even just sand in your car. Just you're not bringing sand home. Yeah. So when you dust off your towels, it's not like all over your house. Yeah. So, but you don't like this idea? No, I think it's silly. Why? You know what's easy enough as opposed to paying $20? Fanning your towel and then <laughs> throwing it in the laundry thing. Because assumingly, you're going to wash your towels anyway. Well, you're assuming people are clean. And there's a lot of probably just dirty people out there who just roll around on the towels afterwards. That is ridiculous. Either way, the estimated delivery date for said beach Sandusa towel is December. So put it on your Christmas wish list, everyone. Oh, fantastic. You get them in December, then you can't use it to like 
<laughs> May. Like, where's the incentive there? Unless you live in Australia or something. That's where he is. Oh. <laughs> well, thanks, mate. You're really helping us over here in Canada. He's in Queensland, Australia. I have no clue where that is. <laughs> Sydney, what up? Okay. Should I pull one out of the hat? Yeah. Let's see what we got here from our loyal li listeners and fans and everything. Okay. This looks like a short one. This is from... <laughs> Rob in Montreal. Okay. And he says, grossest thing I've ever seen. Ooh. I'm trying to guess my... Well, okay. Go. We were kind of talking about this earlier. Uh, this is more of a joke, but grossest thing I've ever seen was maybe technically in Boston when you broke your ankle. Hey! Just because it looked like there's a big, like, head coming out of the side of your ankle. Now you're just going to post that picture on the Facebook I group. am going to post that picture. Look on <laughs> Facebook if you want to see Val's broken ankle about... I think you're in the hospital this picture. It's like an hour later where you just see this big bulging It was disgusting. Lump. Even like I was a little in shock. I didn't think – like I've seen sprained and swollen ankles before, but Whoa. mine looked like an actual yeah. baseball was coming out the side. Facebook.com slash live at 605 to see this picture. Yeah. But no, the grossest thing I've ever seen, definitely that doesn't even come close. It's on the internet, and I don't even know if I want to talk about – one time Dan, Sean, and I sat on the balcony – having drinks, talking about like the grossest things we've seen on the internet. Remember, I'm neither Dan nor Sean, so I'll keep them my as... squeamish factor is higher. Well, this one I don't think was real, but this was a picture that was going around like way back in the day where like when everyone just had Hotmail. It was a picture of... <laughs> it was a picture of someone's head inside a woman's Ew! box. <laughs> I don't want to know. I'm sure that was like Photoshopped, but <sighs> to be like the grossest things I've seen is you've probably heard of it like uh, two girls, one cup. I've only heard of it. I've never seen this thing before, and I'm glad I haven't. Yeah, no, don't look it up. But the fun thing to look up is go to YouTube and type in two girls, one cup reactions, and you can watch people's reactions watching these things. Like mm -hmm. Joe Rogan has one where he's watching it. Mm -hmm. There's those ones, and then uh, there's one I think it's called like the BME Pain Olympics. The what? It's like BME Pain Olympics. This is This is definitely the grossest thing. It's basically, I can't even tell you, it's people taking like hammers and knives to their junk and just like, Busting them open, and I, I spent, I saw it for like eight seconds, and I wanted Ralph. That's disgusting. Yeah, so that's. Ugh. I'll just leave it at that. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> what can you think of any gross things you've seen? Um. Okay, so if you guys don't know me, I'm obsessed with obesity documentaries. Oh yeah. Um, and I can stomach them. Like it's fine. Like I like yeah. watching the surgeries. I said to John in another life, I would actually be somebody who like rehabilitates. Um, Fatties. Mr. <laughs> rehabilitates like larger individuals um, back to regular size. Yeah. Um, however, whenever they do the preliminary like um, like pre-production about the person's story and they always show like how much food they intake and whatever, for some reason that gets like my upchuck factor, like mm -hmm. being like, oh. <laughs> so when you see them like hovering like 14 hot dogs, but it's like, like, you can see them, like, sweating and stuff mm. like that. I just get really grossed out. So it's not just, like, large individuals. It's anybody doing, like, a lot of, like, food um, races mm. kind of thing. Like, I think we saw, like, somebody doing, like, a hot dog oh, one yeah. yesterday. And yeah. I was like, oh. That's so, so strange. That's, yeah. that's the shit that grosses me I, out. I hate when we watch these, like, obese documentaries and they're about to do the surgery. And you can see, like, see, that, just, doesn't, that, that doesn't bother me. That stuff disgusts me. <laughs> Another gross thing we saw, we were watching catfish, and this yeah. woman had a glass eye, and she popped it out. Okay, that's just unnecessary. That's <laughs> so exploitive. Stupid Neve. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so before we get into your next headline, mm-hmm. do you want to play a game? Sure. And this is one of my favorites. This mm-hmm. is Name That Nickname. Oh, God. <laughs> name That Nickname. So just another round of rappers' nicknames, and you can guess who they are. Okay. Like I said, if I said who's Drizzy. Drake. If I said who's the leader of the Taylor gang. Wiz. Uh, who's in the ASAP mob? ASAP. Or his nickname is Pretty Boy Flocka. Flocka, Flocka Flame. No, that's ASAP Rocky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do a couple here. We'll start a little bit easy and then they get harder as they go. Okay. This one you've heard before. Okay. Daddy Fat Sacks. <laughs> Fat Stacks, sorry, not Sacks. Daddy <laughs> Fat Stacks. CeeLo Green. Close. And I always say close, but he's associated <laughs> with CeeLo Green. He's uh, CeeLo Green is part of the Dungeon Family. Do you know who? <laughs> can you name anyone else in the Dungeon Family? Who would think of Southern rappers? Big Boy. Yes. Is, Dun- that, he, is, the, is that the answer? You're right on both counts. He's in Dungeon Family, and he is Daddy Fat yes. Stacks. Yes. Dungeon Family uh, is Goody Mob, which is CeeLo Green, <laughs> yes. Big Gip, uh, a few of these guys. <laughs> But it also has like sleep, are so stupid. Sleepy Brown, Killer Mike. Can you call me that later on? What? Sleepy Brown. Sleepy Brown. <laughs> They're like, John, I'm so tired. <laughs> okay, Sleepy Brown. Yeah. Do you know who Sleepy Brown is? He sings, I love the way you move. I know that song. Yeah, he sings all the I have all, no like, idea who that is. He's the southern version of Nate Dogg. He sang like all like, he sings, I was going to sing he's got, I got hosed, but that is Nate Dogg. <laughs> Anyways, Daddy Fat Stacks is a big boy from Outcast. Okay. Next up, who is Jizzle? Jay-Z? No, he's worked with Jay-Z. Think again, South. <laughs> Jizzle. Is it... Kanye. No. Uh, Juicy J. Close. Props for no one who Juicy J is. Only from yesterday. Uh, actually, he's on Juicy J. Just featured him on a song that we listened to last night. So is it Young Jeezy or Hurricane or Young Hurricane? Young Jeezy. Young Jeezy, yes, he is Jizzle. <laughs> like that. Okay, do you know who Pretty Tony is? <laughs> is this legit? Yeah. Can I say it's my friend Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> He's Pretty Tony. Yeah, aka Jenny's husband. Yeah, and Father of Nathan. <laughs> Pretty Tony. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. Um, he is a part of the Wu-Tang Clan, so this might take a while. And as we talked about last time, apparently Capadonna is Wu-Tang Clan. (laughs) So pretty Tony. Ghostface Uh, Killer? Boom! How'd you get that one? I know all my Wu-Tang Clan. Biatch! (laughs) Did you just guess between him and like RZA or something? No! (laughs) Capadonna, Ghostface Killer, ODB. There's three more. RZA. Yes. Uh, Inspector Method Deck, Man. Method Man. Nice. Okay, we got two more. Yeah. This guy has multiple nicknames, and I really like them. So they're okay. This is all the same guy. Ready? Okay. Little Billy Clinton, Peanut <laughs> the Kidnapper. <laughs> Who makes up these names? And these are so silly. <laughs> and Freeloading Rusty. Can I repeat those? All the same person. Little Billy Clinton, Peanut <laughs> the Kidnapper, and Freeloading Rusty. So what did Bill Clinton say about this? Oh, I have no idea. Was he on board? Did he ever perform with Bill Clinton? Uh, no, definitely not. Whoa, sounds like we're in the hood right now. Oh, <laughs> you. Ew. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to keep that in because I like when you say you. Uh, okay, I'm going to. Do you want me to give you a clue? No. I'll, uh, yes. I'll, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Nate Dog. No. Tupac. No. ODB. Yes. <laughs> I just thought his, I knew he was like Big Baby Jesus and uh, like Old Dirty Bastard and all these other ones. Yeah. But I looked up a rapper nicknames yesterday and uh-huh. he's also Little, Little Billy Clinton, mm-hmm. Peanut the Kidnapper, and Freeloading Rusty. <laughs> I like that. I like Little P- Peanut Kidnapper. I feel like that'd be a good children's book. <laughs> yeah. And we got one more for you. Okay. This is J.A. to the mwah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Let me slow it down? Yeah. J-A to the mwah. J-A? J-A to the mwah. J-Z. Close. Close. <laughs> you want me to give you a clue? Yeah. Is it either J to kiss or Ja Rule? Ja Rule. J-A, mwah. You J-A. are, what's your guess? You were gonna, you were, you were, it's because you said Ja Rule and you changed your mind. Yeah. So this is for a thousand points. J to kiss. You just got yourself a thousand points. <laughs> J-A to the mwah. <laughs> and that's how you play Name That Nickname. Yeah. Name That Nickname. And let's get back into the headlines. Okay. So when we're walking down the streets of Toronto, yeah. we are often not surrounded because this is Hobos. my first weird. No, close. A certain bird. Pigeons. Right. What do I always do when it's you say call and you try to kick it away. Yeah. And it usually works. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um in I feel like this is in England again, because it's in the telegraph. Although Cheerio. that makes no sense because it can clearly have international news <laughs> in an England newspaper. Um so last week, actually not even like two days ago, um there was a record number of seagull attacks. Ooh, it sounded sound like you said singlet attacks. No, seagull, 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 seagull. Half seagull, half Igor. Seagull attacks <laughs> in some of the coastal areas. Okay. So this woman says every time Penny Freeman tried to go outside, the birds dive bombed her, flapping their wings and squawking as they swooped toward her. The nesting pair pecked her window so hard she feared they would break. And vomited on her. <laughs> the 69-year-old was too frightened to even hang her washing outside, um, outside her home in East Yorkshire. Um, she was like, I couldn't even leave my house. I felt like a prisoner. The birds are really threatening, like lizards. Okay. okay? So the number of seagulls are on the rise in this area. And gull- seagull attacks have become such a problem in this area um, they have halted a ton of like UPS deliveries, and a number of people have been hospitalized in these attacks. So clearly, my fear of pigeons is hailed from real f- events happening currently in England. Okay. Um, Your thoughts? F- f- couple thoughts. We shouldn't be uh, surprised by this, mm-hmm. as Alfred Hitchcock yeah. told this story what sixty years ago with the birds <laughs> yeah. taking over. So I mean, we should have seen this coming. Okay. Another thing. Penny Freeman's this woman's name. Yep. Something tells me Penny Freeman's a bit of a bitch. What? Why, <laughs> what? why are all these birds just targeting her, like throwing no, up but on they, her? They're not throwing. <laughs> it's not just said? her. I thought it said like Penny Freeman was like too scared to come outside because they kept like suicide oh, they attacking her. They did. They were very much but doing that. Was it that. just her or like everybody else? No, like they're saying in her area, like a lot oh. of people are being hospitalized. Okay, I thought it was just her for a second. I'm like, well, she's yeah. probably like 
throwing pellets at them and making them <laughs> upset that she's the only one being attacked. So I just think it's interesting. So they're saying that um, one man <laughs> would sit on his shed roof, three feet at the house, <laughs> and squawk as – hold on. Uh, who has this, what is this Alabama now? This guy who's he? Colby Rasmussen's dad know. or something? But either way, I didn't know birds vomit as a I technique know. to ward off predators. Well, I knew they used, they vomit into like their bird babies' mouths. For yeah, that's eat. the last sentence of this article. Look at you. Is it? Yeah. Why do you have such a um, intense bird knowledge? Well, here's another grossest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. If you go to YouTube and type in. Uh, uh, I think it's like Opie and Anthony baby birding. Okay. Joe Rogan was in this, and Bill Burr, who's been on Breaking Bad, he's a comedian. Yeah. There was this con. There was this YouTube clip of these guys in the radio station. Okay. Where he drank like all this eggnog. Okay. Like shots and shots of eggnog, mm-hmm. and then the, he got they got someone else to lie back, and the guy projectile vomited into his mouth like a baby bird. Yeah. But he had so much eggnog, it was like it looked like The Exorcist, just. If you look on YouTube, just type in like Joe Rogan baby birding. So that's why I I know like all this baby birding stuff. But yeah, I I get nervous because there are so many birds. It's just like only a matter of time before they get organized and start taking our shit out. Totally. So I know, I guess this means we're not going to be going to Europe next year or or UK Mm -hmm. or anything. We're not going to East Yorkshire, that's for sure. Ooh, can we get a Yorkshire pudding though? Gross. This is my biggest fear. Remember, I couldn't even get into my Maitland house once because of the black squirrels outside. Racist. <laughs> right? If there's a white squirrel, you would have been fine. No, I freaking saw a white squirrel. I'd panic even more. Be like, what is this? Racist. A bino squirrel outside my house. So you're saying if a squirrel and pigeon like got together? Oh, I would never go anywhere. You would see me just being a, like isolated. Like Penny Freeman? Yep. Her and I would bond <laughs> okay. over our fear of being vomited and gnawed to death by squirrels and pigeons. You could Skype each other. I don't She's 69. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you never know. These older people. Maybe. She could be saucy. So how many more articles do you have? Three. Three? Okay. So we'll do three more questions and three more articles? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Pulling one out of the hat. Mm-hmm. This is from Shane in Montreal. Mm-hmm. His is, I'm so excited for blank. What? I'm so excited for blank. blank. Okay, so I'm so excited. This sounds like so silly, but I'm really excited to throw our next house party. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, only because I feel like this one is kind of like John and I do love to throw house parties to as a pre-party to any, any event. And yeah. If we don't have an event, we make up an event. Um, but you and the boys are brewing your Boys Town Brew. Boys Town Brew. So I, I definitely wanted to have a quote-unquote coming out party. Which is perfect for Boys Town Brew. Exactly. Coming out when you want. <laughs> um, but then also as like, just like an end of the summer kind of big bash, and we're trying to tie it now to either another HHK performance or um, a concert like St. Lucia. Yeah. And so I'm just excited because I always love like, event planning with that with Ferris and the girls and then like decorating the apartment and putting together a playlist and yeah mm. I just feel like we always take it up a notch yeah. kind of thing so they always like your birthday was still legendary the amount of chaos Craziness. so that's a good answer mine's kind of the same I have like a couple things go I'm so excited for next like hip hop karaoke because I really want to do ASAP Rocky's <laughs> Wild for the night. Yeah, I just have to word learn the words, but I think that'd be a lot of fun to do because it's like so high energy and people would dance around yeah. and everything. And I just go on the side being like, wow for the night, fuck being polite, we going. 
So I'm excited for that. And then there's just a lot of really good albums I'm excited for. Uh-huh. Uh, like I said, St. Lucia has his debut album coming out in October. Yeah. Haim, or Haim, as they're really called, has their album finally coming out end of September, I think. Yep. Another band I really like, Holy Ghost, they have their album coming out early September. What? And even Juicy J, his album comes out at the end of this month, so I'm really excited As for that. As we learned yesterday from the concert. Exactly. And he goes, bands make her dance, band, bands make, make her dance, band. bitch. So, realistically, we have this apartment, right? It's well, a two-bedroom. Unless you live in the Matrix, then, no. I mean, what's even real? We have a two-bedroom apartment in yeah. downtown Toronto, and everywhere John and I travel to, we always ask how much it would be to rent in that city. D.C. was a little bit cheaper, but we but still don't know the square footage of that place. Barbados was way cheaper. Way cheaper. Having said that, how much do you think it would be to rent a house or an apartment in New York? A two-bedroom. Uh, per month? Yeah. Two-bedroom, 3000 Probably. Yeah. So this dude in who lives in Brooklyn, New York City, um, obviously has his first apartment, and he says it's, it's a pretty small one, and he... He doesn't make the most amount of money, but he wanted to have um, a secondary home as a holiday home. Okay. Okay. But it's like, where do you get a holiday home in New York that you can afford, that you can make all into your own? Harlem. Ah, okay. So, um, this man has made his dump, right? <laughs> okay. So, one of those large trash square um just like garbage cans, yeah. into um, a whole holiday home in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Um, so that he's a California designer, and he decided to convert a $2,000 dumpster into a fully functioning home that has everything you need to live in, including a bathroom and a kitchen. Okay? Um, this dump was <laughs> featured on the HGTV show You Live in What?, And he's like, I thought this was the perfect shape for a home. Among other changes he made to the bin was to install wheels on it so it could be moved more (laughs) easily um, and to add a water tank to the roof, which he used for the toilet and an outdoor shower. Um, There's also a a fancy retractable roof, (laughs) obviously. Um, And he's like, I think people are just surprised that someone would take something like this and spend enough time to make it a home, Mm -hmm. right? But when you actually see pictures of it, and this was only... Um, two days ago in the, I think I got it out of the globe. Okay. Um, he, it looks pretty cool. Well, didn't he inspire that, uh, Philip Phillips song? I'm going to make this dump a home. <laughs> no. <laughs> right? No. Okay. But sorry, keep going. No, um. What do keep, you think? It's cool. But mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking, is he one of these like bougie LA guys who's just like, I come from the Hollywood Hills and now that I live in New York, I need more space because I have a place in Malibu. No. no? I, well, it doesn't say that much, so maybe. Yeah. Maybe Mr. Cloen, because I don't know how to pronounce his last name, okay. is like that. But I do think it's really interesting just because, um, like, obviously, remember when the whole um, earthquake happened in Haiti and they were talking about bringing, like, those, like, truck... Um, yes. canisters things because yes, yes, they're do. very durable down to Haiti because people could live in them and just make them into like their own quote-unquote bunker style mm-hmm. that's a lot more um, weather resistant even though New York doesn't get hit except for Sandy, Sandy. Um, 
whatchamacallit. I think that's pretty cool and innovative. And like it Japanese cool. people live in like... They live in drawers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's like that Seinfeld episode. <laughs> it is like Seinfeld. Um, but yeah, I think it's like pretty badass. Not to say I would live cool. in one, but I think it's pretty impressive that he spent almost our entire rent on converting a dump. Oh, really? Well, $2,000. Oh. I don't know. I just, for whatever reason, when you kept talking about this, I just thought, I just picture him living in a trash can. No, no, no. It's like, like a dumpster so or something. It's a dumpster. Oh, it is a dumpster. So like one of those large square things with the two things you pull up. So like at your work where everyone throws their garbage into. Yeah. I was going to say, that'd be, I'd be worried that someone would mistake it for a dumpster and just start throwing garbage <laughs> in there while I'm like sleeping or like eating my lunch or something. Ew. <laughs> my other thing is if you're living in New York, you're not going to have... A, a beach house unless you're like P. Diddy rich or something. like. No. So he just said um, he just wanted a holiday home, right? <laughs> and I think dumpster. Okay. Let's see what's in the hat now. Mm-hmm. Ready? Yeah. Okay. This one's from Allison in Toronto. And she says, what show do you wish would come back on TV? Oh, my God. So I guess it no. could be something that's been canceled or some show that just ended. Mm-hmm. My guess for you would be Gilmore Girls yeah. reunion episode or season or something. Love it. But I was actually going to say, um, what you want to call it? Oh, damn it. Uh, different Strokes. Different Strokes? Even Aren't they though, all dead? Yeah, pretty much they're either dead or in jail. jail. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wish I was always alive when that show was airing. It was so funny. But you are, well, you're alive when you can watch it now. I know, but yeah. I just wish that show came back, and then I also wish that, yeah, definitely Gilmore Girls, Dawson's Creek, <laughs> etc. anything that was on the WB, Puffy. Before CW? <laughs> yeah, before CW. You? Slash the OC, maybe. They actually, there have been all these big articles, because it was just like the 10-year anniversary since the first OC mm-hmm. episode. I would only want that to come back if Marissa didn't die, because it just got silly after that. Ryan became a cage fighter, and yeah. like... Uh, who's that? Not some, who's the other girl Ryan like ended up with? Uh, oh, Audrey. Yeah, but that wasn't her name. Wasn't it? No, it was. Fuck. Someone's gonna be yelling at their iPod right now, being like, "It was." There was summer. Wasn't it the girl on the, Entourage? Yeah, yeah, her. Isn't it Audrey? No, her name was Lizzie on Entourage. It was. Nah, pause. All right. We're gonna look this up on IMDb. Let's do this in real time. Okay, we're gonna open up IMDb. Yeah. You think it's Audrey? Or something like that. It's something like that. It's not Audrey. Uh, God, was that fat Kevin Federline I just y- saw? Yeah. Uh, why am I typing entourage? Uh, the O.C. Audrey. Pa- I keep thinking Paige, but it's not Paige. It is not Jimmy Cooper. Okay, <laughs> we're at the page now. Oh, where is it? Uh, Teresa. No. Lindsay. Oh, no. It's Lindsay. Fuck. She had more. Isn't it like Autumn? It's close. Not Luke. Taylor. Ta- oh, her Autumn's Autumn. her real name. Taylor, yeah. Taylor Townsend. That's right. Oh, okay. Taylor Townsend. Yeah. My two shows. I don't know why we were talking about her. Oh, because they'll see come OC. back. Two shows. Mm-hmm. Last Comic Standing, mm-hmm. which was a reality Never show. That, it okay. was awesome because, like, especially now that I'm into like stand up comedy so much, mm-hmm. I remember watching it. They actually came to Yuck Yucks in Toronto. Oh, cool. And it was hosted. Like, they have a lot of like comedians I like now mm-hmm. were on that show. And so I just thought that was a really cool show. Like, mm-hmm. you like the, the voice, American Idol, this and that. Mm-hmm. But it's cool to see like a stand up comedy version of it. That's true. And to see like all the material. So that was really cool. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Oh, I was going to also say, just along the lines of the OC, I wish Southland came back. Ah, oh, me too, to find out if Cooper's dead. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Yeah, that, that, I would wish that would come back. Especially the last few episodes were really good. Mm-hmm. And the other show, I don't know if you ever watched it. I can't remember what it's called. But it was another reality show, but it was all about movie makers. And it was like about making movies. No. It was a reality show. I think executive producer. <laughs> I love that you're like, it's about movie makers. It's all about making <laughs> Is that what it's like, whoa. <laughs> the best Try to break that ever. code. Okay. But it's basically. I <laughs> was up there with dumb lines like the guys on The Amazing Race Canada. You'll find this package on in the on the out in the exterior sure. and they're like wait how did, what did they say so it's like the guy's like oh the package um your next clue is on the exterior of this building yeah and then <laughs> like, jet is like what does exterior mean <laughs> so my line is up there it's, it's a show about making movies wait what did they say it's a show about movie makers you know how they make movies <laughs> that's gonna be my next catchphrase with hey watch your dog <laughs> I swear we're not high. <laughs> um, Steven Spielberg executive produced it. And it's, it was like American Idol where you do an audition tape, but it's like a short film you make. Oh, okay. So each week they bring you in and it's like, this is what your topic of the next, like your film's going to be zombie film. You have one day to make it. So you, they give you the camera. Mm-hmm. You get, I think they give you, supply you actors, camera, and I, believe they edited it with Final Cut. Okay. I think the show was out when I first was in college. Oh, cool. So I was like, oh, this is such a cool show. And they took everyone like from around the world. Okay. But I don't – and I think the prize was like you get like a development deal and like money or something. So it was a really cool like – Especially awesome. for our industry, like really cool to see mm-hmm. making movies so quickly. So. Sweet. If they provide you all that stuff, what do you have to do? Direct you it? You have to make it. You have to like write the script, direct oh, okay. it, and edit it. You do all of this. Okay. And I, I thought they was, give you like an editor and stuff like that. Uh, if they do give you an editor, it's mm-hmm. basically you being like – do that like he's you just to, editing it yeah. you're directing him and gotcha but i think it was i don't know if it's just one person or like a team of mm-hmm. like these are like your five people and they all have to know how to shoot and edit and direct and okay so it was just a really cool show i might try and look it up and see if i can like download episodes okay. legally okay so this one is actually an article i just read in the globe and mail this morning okay um this isn't a weird headline but this is a very debatable headline you and i uh-uh. and a lot of friends often talk about so it's called the downside of parent-friendly policies. Okay. Um. So basically, what they're saying is that wait, there's a really good. Um. Workplaces increasingly tout their family-friendly approaches, but does this place too much of a burden on those without children who are expected to pick up the slack? Um. Bolstering that premise, a recent survey by Red Magazine in the United States. And the UK found that a whopping 40% of non-parents feel that they work harder than their colleagues with children. What do you think? Yes. <laughs> Easy answer? Uh, it's Yes, it's it's one of those things like you can easily say yes, but obviously there's workers with parents who work harder than me and you and everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then there's people without parents who work uh, who are just lazy, this or that. Like your office is going to be full filled with this. I just find mm-hmm. if you have kids – you have more of the opportunities to be like, I got to go, my kid's sick. I got to go take my kid to the dentist. I got to go mm-hmm. take my kid to the doctor. Whereas me, I'm like, 
I got nowhere to go. I got no one to be with. So I'm just going to stay here and work all day. Okay. So they were saying like employees with kids often get preference when it comes to flexible schedules, a greater understanding when it comes to having to leave early and come in late and the unspoken acceptance of a kid related event being more important than anything the non-parents are doing. Mr. Fahey, those person who's bitching, also noted that certain expectations like IE that everyone contribute to a baby shower gift, um, a marriage proposal, etc., company picnics um, being family oriented, the company market themselves as family friendly policies versus employee friendly policies should be outlawed. Yeah, it's like if we're having a baby shower and giving money, like can we have a shower for me having like 28 years of no cavities? Like every time I have a, a <laughs> dentist checkup. Can, can, we, I, can, can we have a baby shower for us not having kids? Yeah. <laughs> I can I can kind of deal with and accept, be like, okay, yeah. my kid's sick. I got to go mm-hmm. take pick him up, this or that. The one I don't like is when people leave because of their pets. Oh, that's what Mr. Fahey brought up too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Is this Another. Mr. Fahey the guy from Boy Meets World? I, oh, no. This Mr. Uh, <laughs> Finley or Mr. something? Mr. Fain, uh, Finkley or something. <laughs> Mr. Feeney. Uh, Mr. Feeney. Mr. Finkley. Oh, what? Mr. Feeney. Wait, I got to find the part with the dog. Hold on. Yeah, I just... It's like, I got to leave my dogs coughing up hairballs. It's like, well, let him cough up. He'll be fine. Employees who leave the work because of their kids is, like, understandable. But then it's also, like... People who take a lot of time to take their pets to the vets and stuff like that um, annoys him too. Yeah, um, it's like you. If you have, if we have sick days, vacation days, and you have kid days, I should be able to get kid days even if I don't have a kid. Well, yeah. Like once a month, I should be like, I gotta go home early because Sean's sick on my couch, which he was, <laughs> and I. It's like I gotta walk home, make sure he's not dying over here or something. It's so funny though, because it's like some parents are like really good and they're like really. Um, what you call it, like their kids are never sick or whatever, but then there's some people, it's like, what happens if you just make up that lie? It's like, oh, I'm just feeling tired today, so I'm just going to say my kid's sick yeah, and exactly. going home. Like, you always wonder, like, how many people take advantage of that system, whereas, like, we don't have kids, but, like, me and my friend Matt are like, we should totally say we're adopting a kid together, yeah. so then we can be like, we communally have to take care of this child. The, right? that, the one good thing to have a kid, in my opinion, is if there's some event that I didn't want to go to, like, I can't, I gotta see my kid. The weird thing is, though, is that um, the pet thing almost annoys me more too. Yeah, of course as it well. does. Just because it was like, we also don't have pets. I'm also like, there's millions of pets on, outside in the, in the real world by themselves. Your pet is fine. It can lick itself and clean itself. <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> right? I got to stop because I'll get too much like animal hate. I know, you know? same here. You and I are going to be like outlawed. This is from Stacy in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And Stacy says, if you could join any band, who would it be and what instrument would you play? Ooh. Okay, so for me, I would want to join um, either the Beach Boys. Yeah. Right. What, what, Circa be- when they were all together. Okay, so not 2013. Beach no, no, Boys. no. Um, or so like in a Pet Sounds era. Okay. And I would definitely, for whatever reason, you got me drums for my birthday, kind of thing, and I'm like itching, like when we had Benjamin over yesterday and he was banging on them, like, oh my god, I want to play like the drums today and like jam out. I've always actually wanted to be the drummer because I think uh, girl drummers are so badass. They are badass. Um, girl anything in the band, especially if it's like an all-guy band. Like the, you know how the Smashing Pumpkins always has like a female bass player, I yeah. think? Like it's just badass. Like girls in mm. rock are always badass. And so like I wish I could be like the person to be like, step aside, I'm on this. I can handle all of the percussion. Um, so I would definitely want to do that. Or I would want to be like 
a cello player or like some weirdo woodwind kind okay. of instrument um or a string instrument rather um in a band like the arcade fire cool and so like but i also love the fact that everybody could jump and play like different instruments like i love that about my family mm-hmm. kind of thing is that we can all we have like our main instrument but we can all kind of rotate for sure so i still would want to have that what about you couple i think I, every time i go see a concert i always like judge it be like would i want to play in this band like i like their songs, but how yeah. fun would it be I definitely think I'd want to be like a guitarist in the darkness. Okay. So I think that would just be so ridiculous because it's such. So you can hot... wear your singlet. I can wear my singlet and like <laughs> a top hat and just it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. You just see how much fun they have on stage and such rock and music. Mm-hmm. But I also would almost want to be a hype man for like any rapper. Okay. Like say ASAP Rocky, I just came out and did like the do 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 or something like that. I'd I'd want to be a hype man for a rap sh- like a really good rap show. Okay. Like, even like a Kanye West or Wyclef Jean or Jay-Z or something like that. I dig yeah, I dig So, yeah. I think those would be it. Is this the last article we have? Yeah. So, this was also from last week as well. So, what is your take? Remember yesterday I told you a story about a homeless crazy man coming on the subway with us and he stole my sunglasses? <laughs> yes, I do. What is your And initial... you're worried about me walking under the gardener. Meanwhile, homeless men are stealing glasses from you. <laughs> um, they stole them my head um what you would call it what do you feel like i know what is your take when somebody who looks a little bit questionable comes onto the subway i definitely am aware of it i pay attention to them more just because i want to make sure that shit goes down i'm ready to swing or get off the subway so you would help if somebody was like getting harassed like if my if we didn't know each other and this crazy man came and stole my sunglasses off my head Mm. would you actually come and help me or would you stay away it depends if i think i'm gonna get shanked or it depends on how dangerous i think the guy is if the guy came took your glasses was crazy and, and like walked away and i was like oh this guy's a wild card yeah i'd be like well it's just your glasses he didn't try to like physically harm you yeah but if it's someone like who just is a crazy guy who I'm like, okay, he doesn't ha- seem to have any weapons on him mm-hmm. and he's like being really crazy to you, mm-hmm. I'd hopefully go up and hopefully other people would too. Okay. But it just depends on how like dangerous the situation – if I think it could be worse for me or you mm-hmm. and like if I try to stop him, he could shank you or I get shanked, mm-hmm. I would just – and like I said, if it's just something small he's taking from you but if he's trying to take like your purse or your wallet or mm-hmm. – then it's like, okay, it, it right. depends for me. Okay, what, okay. What are you thinking? Um, okay, well, here's the scenario from last week. Okay. So a packed train of commuters got a surprise from a man that appeared to be homeless when instead of asking for money, he <laughs> bragged about how well he was doing. Okay? So when the disheveled passenger boarded a New York City subway train and exclaimed, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? A collective groan kind of went throughout the train like oh my god this homeless man's like freaking out um but as he continued to speak it became apparent that he was a typical he wasn't your typical beggar and rather than asking for any spare change he just told them about how successful he was recently so he's like i'm not here to beg things are actually going pretty well for me (laughs) um and then like frowns turned to smiles as he told them about his recent successful exploits he's like we recently bought a house in the suburbs with a pool and a yard and which our dog can run around and play. He also talked about getting a promotion that he was considering buying a boat, okay. um, which caused a few of the onlookers to chuckle. Uh, the windup was the latest prank from a website called College Humor. Ah, All right. Oh, cool. So it was just a prank. Okay. Um, and for anyone who was wondering why he was holding a cup, it was because he had just finished his latte. 
was the idea that he looked like a homeless guy, though? Exactly. Oh, okay. That's right? cool. Yeah, I always groan. It happened to, a couple weeks ago. I was coming home from mm-hmm. work, and a guy was just like, excuse me, can I, if anyone has any money, I'm trying to get on a bus to where and wherever. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it, it just distracts you because it's like, okay, I got to stop listening to music because what if this guy gets aggravated if mm-hmm. I don't give him any money and he wants to, like, do this or that? Yeah. So I always do hate when you see, like, a crazy person on the subway just because you're like, I just don't want shit mm-hmm. to go down. But this is kind of nice. It yeah, was just this like, is cool. This was just somebody who wanted to be excited about their current life and mm-hmm. t- chose a different route and a hilarious route to do yeah, it. Yeah, no, that was cool. Maybe I'll look that up on uh, College Humor. Mm-hmm. I like that. Should we do one more question then? Sure. And then maybe wrap this thing up? Okay. Okay. Let's hope this is a good one. Yes. We might have to do another one maybe next season as there's still more questions and articles. So mm-hmm. I think this, these are really fun episodes to do. Okay, this is from Mason in Toronto. Yeah. This is a good music question. What's your favorite album of all time? Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can go first. Go. I can think of two. I can tell you my favorite rock album and my favorite yeah. rap album. Yeah. So my favorite rap album of all time mm-hmm. is definitely Dr. Dre's Chronic 2001. Oh, That's so That's the one good. I like, forgot yeah. about Dre, still Dre, yeah. something about Dre. Me and Brandon Me used and to Dre. listen to that. <laughs> Uh, driving to work down the Gardner and the Lakeshore and would yeah. rap, like, coming out of the suburbs really mm. loud to it. It was funny. Yeah. I Just every single song on that album is fantastic. That's, like, when Eminem had just kind of came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember listening to it, and then they have, like, I didn't know. This is, like, one of the first rap albums I mm-hmm. bought. There's, like, a sketch where, like, this guy's having a threesome with all these women. I'm like, uh, should I be listening <laughs> yeah. to this? I'm, like, 13 years old. <laughs> but to this day, like, all the songs hold up and not like nothing comes close. So good. So that's my favorite rap album. But my favorite rock album slash favorite album of all time, mm-hmm. which might sound weird to you, it's Queens of the Stone Age, Lullabies to Paralyze. Yeah, I don't like Queen. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love it. That's the one with like Little Sister mm-hmm. and uh, a whole bunch of songs. I remember it came out when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And I, I like Queens of the Stone Age from the album before that with Go With The Flow and mm-hmm. – uh, uh, th- those songs. Mm-hmm. This album just blew me away. With like every song I liked, I came with a making of DVD with like Jack Black was on it, Dave Grohl, like all mm-hmm. these guys, uh, ZZ Top, like all collaborated for the mm-hmm. album. And it's just like one of those albums. Like I, I was looking so hard to get it on vinyl because of how much I liked it. Okay. And although you know, a close second might even be the Darkness Permission to Land. Okay. So that's another album where I bought it when I didn't really know who they were, and that blew me away. Nice. But I think Queens of the Stone Age definitely is like all time favorite album love it mm-hmm. love it um for me i think i have two okay um one you recently just actually there are two kind of things you just recently Ooh. bought me for christmas oh, okay. my birthday yeah um my favorite album of all time and i love every single song off this album is coming up in august by the counting crows we're listening to last week on vinyl mm-hmm. um such a great album it has like your regular around here, um, Mr. Jones and mm-hmm. stuff, but it's kind of for me all the other songs off that one, like Sullivan Street, Omaha, um, Paint, what is it, Blue Buildings and stuff. Those are so beautiful, and I think it's like a really good fall album. Like mm-hmm. I love it. it was, we were listening to it at night, so it was just like we had the windows open and everything. It was really pretty. But then also for my um, birthday slash Christmas, you got me the director's cut of Almost Famous, yeah. and that is like beyond my favorite movie of all time. But the actual deluxe edition of that soundtrack, it yeah. has like even the regular edition, but the deluxe edition is far superior. Um, it has the greatest tracks on it by like Thunderclap Newman, um, oh, Zeppelin. Nice. It has Joni Mitchell. It has Pete Droge. Some like 
great stuff and it goes all over the place like the stones so definitely check out it's a great commuter album yeah. i find because it kind of goes all over the place but definitely get and download um the almost famous deluxe edition nice mm-hmm. okay i think this is a good place to end this week's podcast on a nice musical question mm-hmm. so i think this was a really fun one if anything just listen to it for my description of that movie making tv <laughs> <Yeah>. show and <laughs> As always, I want to thank the creative manager herself, Val Gomez. No problem. And this is, there's only going to be two more episodes after this before we take a bit of a hiatus and get ready for recharge our batteries for season three. So I hope you guys enjoyed the season. Make sure you tell a friend, tell a friend of me, and tell a family member about this show. <laughs> and as always, if you make it this far into the podcast, I'd like to reward you with the band of the week. And this week's band of the week for Live at 605 is the Polyphonic Spree. Now, the Polyphonic Spree is a pop rock band from Dallas, Texas, and they formed in 2000. And the lead singer actually used to be in the band Tripping Daisies. They did that song, I Got a Girl, do, 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 do. They were like a one-hit wonder, in my opinion, so I really like the Polyphonic Spree. But it's a really cool group. There's like, I think I looked up over 20 current members in the group, and these guys all play everything from, you know, choir to bass to piano to trumpet, French horn, harp, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They just released a brand new album. It's called Yes, It's True, and it's really good. I really love the album. Uh, and actually, some of the songs I like that you guys should check out are Light and Day, which they're probably best known for. It's in a couple movie trailers and commercials. They have a song called Hanging Around. And from the new album, they have a song called Popular by Design. But my song of the week by the band of the week is Hold Yourself Up by the Polyphonic Spree. I just heard the song a couple weeks ago, and it's been stuck in my head ever since then. And it's Really cool, upbeat, fun song with a bunch of different instruments and background singers and this and that. I think you guys are really going to dig it. So let's listen to the Polyphonic Spree with Hold Yourself Up. Now, like I said, many ways to get in contact with the podcast if you want to find out what's going on and when we're coming back. Or if you have questions, comments, or concerns, just go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash live at 605. All the info you need is there. You can follow me on Twitter. Just search at Malencamp. Follow me. I'll follow you. You can email us if you want to do another round of 10 questions. Just uh, email live at 605 at gmail.com. And if you don't have iTunes and you want to keep listening to the podcast, go to www.liveat605.podomatic.com. And that's just one of the many ways to listen, get involved, and hang out with us. And if you go to that website, the Podomatic one, you have a PayPal button if you want to donate some money to the podcast and help us keep going because there are monthly costs for doing this thing. So you can donate $1, $5, $10, or no dollars. If anything, just tell a friend, family, or friend of me. And that's all I ask. So until next week, I'm your podcaster, John. Be 